the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Well, thank you for tuning in to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today's episode has a simple title. We're calling this episode Discipling Others. And I want to jump right into this conversation today about discipling others because the call of the Christian faith is a call to disciple. So I'll share with you Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus says, Therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I'm not going to break down all of the details in these two verses, but I am going to point out two insights that is relevant to our call to disciple others. The first one is Jesus' call to make disciples of all nations. So I want to pause for a moment as we introduce this conversation of discipling others and remember that our call is a missional call to the world. It is a global call. I love taking missions trips. I've actually been to the mountains in Guatemala, and I remember one trip that I was on and leading. Our team went up to a high mountain, and we went into a village that, quite frankly, had never heard the gospel. This was my first experience finding a a group of people, a community that actually had not had opportunity to hear the gospel. So we got to talk to these people about Jesus. We left Bibles, but I'm not confident that we made a long-term connection or we weren't prepared, I guess, to have a connection so there can be continual spiritual growth. And so I think that we miss something there. So it's nice to go, and we go to the world, but it really helped me revisit what the call of discipleship was. And part of what we do to respond to this global call is going, but part of what we do includes giving financially and praying for missionaries and offering help on missionary projects. You know, we help 
missions, not just around the world, but right here in the United States. And we work at remodeling buildings and upkeeping properties. I can remember when I was wrapping up my high school career going into college, the, our home church did a musical that was uh, talking about I'd rather go to Africa than than tell my friends at my high school about Jesus. There's something about the people we know knowing that we follow Jesus. But our call is global, but it is also to those in our world. And that's why we are part as, as God's church to plant new churches and to revive struggling churches and, and to evangelize the lost. But as I think about this whole call to disciple others, it's not, it's different than just evangelism. And, and I want us to think of it like this. Our call to discipleship is more than a call to tell. So evangelism is part of this, and, and, and that's not the end goal. Spiritual maturity is our goal. So for us and for others, can I say it like this? Our goal is not just to know about God. To learn that he loves us and forgives our sins is good. It's part of the story. But our call is not to just know about God, but to know God, who he is. And so I think about how we do discipleship as this entire conversation today is about discipling others. A lot of congregations use what I've recognized as a tell-and-be-told model of discipleship. So you hear a pastor preach a sermon, I've told you, so discipleship has happened. You've finished your class, you've completed your small group, so discipleship has happened. And I think that that, that is a viable resource, but that's not the end all to discipleship. See, discipleship should engage in, rather than a tell-and-be-told model, a know-and-be-known model. Do you know who God is, and are you vulnerable enough for him to know you? So we we are to go to the nations and make disciples, but when we do that, it's so we teach people to obey every command that Jesus gave us. So teaching involves a, a component of learning, and that's what a disciple is, a learner or a follower of God. But it's the, Jesus said to teach them to observe the commands. That observance is an obedience to the commands. So the idea is that our behavior would be in alignment with the words of Jesus. So when we recognize the truth Jesus shared, and we compare that truth to how we're living, closing that gap in between is what discipleship is all about. Now, learning happens on so many different levels. There's a telling model, a showing model, a doing model, Uh, But learning is never about getting an answer. See, learning is about discovering how to find answers. So when we disciple, it's not enough to just tell people, here's the truth. It's training people to discover the truth of God's word. So Jesus, his call in Matthew, is a call to become a disciple-making disciple. See, disciples know God, but disciple-makers teach others to know God. And that's the call of Matthew 28, to go and make these disciples. So the question becomes, in a very practical way, so who do we disciple? And as you listen in today, you might be thinking, I I, I can kind of answer that, my friends, my neighbors, maybe people I work with, of course, people in our church. Uh, You know, the people, here's a great key, if you've led someone to Jesus, that's someone you can disciple. 
our churches take so many different approaches to discipleship, and all of them contribute toward the goal. There are one-on-one approaches. There are micro-group approaches, small group approaches, classes, seminars. But see, as we commit to making disciples, the question that I want to pose here as we talk about discipling others is what are they committing to? See, a disciple commits to being a follower of Jesus, a learner of Jesus. Even Paul used this language, follow me the way I'm following Christ, imitate me as I pursue Jesus. So this idea of discipleship, the truth be told, it's almost a word that the church has hijacked um, because a disciple was not necessarily a spiritual word. It, It talked about a disciple was someone that attached to someone they're becoming like, which makes total sense that we use that in the church, and, and that's biblical language as well, but it wasn't limited to that. See, in Christian discipleship, there is a human attachment between a disciple-maker and a disciple, but here's the nuance. True biblical discipleship is not about the human attachment alone. It's about attaching people to Jesus And what we're asking for from our disciples is for an all-in commitment from them, that they would know that we need to meet together and they need to practice spiritual disciplines, being part of some type of discipleship group, if you will, or relationship. And I want to tell you, if you're in a discipleship group, that does not replace a commitment to attend church or go to another small group. But can you get into a relationship where someone points you with support to pursue Jesus. Yeah, so discipleship, as we're talking about discipling others, is about knowing, but it's about practicing as well. So as I think about this, before we talk a little deeper about it in the second half of the show, I have one more question for you. How do we select people to disciple? This is one of the roadblocks I've learned as I've talked with many people about discipleship. And the question is, I don't know who to disciple. When you think about what happened in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, Jesus is noted as praying all night before he called the disciples to follow him. So one of the things that I would say to you is God stirs your heart to make disciples is to begin to pray that God would put on your heart someone that you can disciple. I think you can disciple in person. I think you can disciple in Zoom. You can disciple whomever you can get that relationship with. The idea is pointing them to Jesus. So when you think about who you disciple, first of all, start with a prayer. Lord, who should I disciple? But who do you look for? Here's something to think about, is look for people that are hungry to advance in their faith, hungry for God. Look for someone who is teachable, has a teachable spirit. But here's another component, is look for someone that's available. You know, life is so busy. People need to avail themselves to a time of learning. Some people that you ask, hey, can I disciple you? They'll say no. But some people uh, will just want to pray about it. Some people will say yes. What I want to say is don't focus on trying to build the whole kingdom. Actually, Jesus builds the church and the gates of hell do not prevail against it. Our call is actually to make disciples. And what I want you to, to understand here today as we talk about discipling others is it's not so much about a program. In fact, the people are always more important than a program or a curriculum. So I want you to be mindful of people. Help people discover biblical truth. Help people align their lives with biblical truth. 
Hey, in the second half of the show, after our break, we're going to dig into how we disciple one another, what it looks like in a discipleship relationship. We're going to spend some time together exploring some of the different options with that. So I hope that you're excited to learn a little bit more about discipling others. Right now, we're about to take a break. I'll be back to talk about discipling others. So stay tuned. Keep listening. You're listening now to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And you're listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for staying tuned in. You're listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And I'm your host, Michael Smith. I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today, we're talking about a topic simply discipling others. And we talked in the beginning of the show just about responding to Jesus' words to go and to make disciples. The question I want to start with on the second half of the show is, how do we actually gel with a discipleship group that we've gathered and would meet with? One of the things to do is to have some regularity. I can remember when I planted a church, I actually did discipleship of all the men in our church, and I would meet with them in different venues. My favorite meeting was a morning meeting, like a Tuesday morning early, I don't remember, but we would meet at Panera, And we would have some coffee together, and we would oftentimes dialogue. We would do a book study. But this rhythm of meeting every week became an important element because we looked forward to one another. We looked forward to iron sharpening iron. We were never hijacked by a curriculum. But how did we gel? It was the regularity of being together. There are other groups that I'm a part of and lead, and we meet every other week. And in a lot of ways, in my exposure, that's a little more likened to a regular small group. Um, so to do discipleship group in that format, people are familiar with that. I, I've been part of these kinds of groups that you would meet every week, but every, once once you'll meet and it's recreational, the next week it'll be a Bible study and you kind of alternate. So there's many ways. But the number one way to gel with a discipleship group is to have regularity in meeting together. And and you'll need time together. That That's really the principle, where you have time together to, to, of course, grow in the Lord, but to have fun together. Schedule in time where maybe you can bring your families together, or maybe schedule time where you can do some sort of ministry endeavor or missions endeavor together. To really gel with a discipleship group, you have to engage outside of a scheduled meeting time. You've heard the phrase, do life with one another. I'm not sure exactly how to define that, but what I can say is relationship is about discipleship. Discipleship is about relationship, not about a scheduled meeting or an event. So when you think about this, if you do gel with a group and you do meet together, my next question would be, What does a discipleship group look like? So you might be listening today and thinking, I'm so glad we're talking about discipling others, and I do this all of the time. Some of you would say, I have a heart to do this, but I've not really tried. So here's what a discipleship group looks like. It always involves some sort of teaching um, where there's a content that you peruse. 
It could be just praying together, but usually there's discipleship has content. So a Bible study, a book study. There are different discipleship workbooks people work through. I've actually created a discipleship pathway that I use when I lead discipleship groups, and I have a format that goes through about a six-month strategy. And then at the end of that that group session, we empower several of those people to start their own groups as well. And so you can create that, but the idea is there's a time of growth in teaching. But highlighted above that, there's always a time of discovery and alignment. So there's a truth that's presented, but every person uh, explores the truth from their worldview, from their context, from their history. And so there's this discovery of truth and then an alignment of their life with that truth, which creates for fabulous conversation. So here's an example of what that means. If you're doing a teaching about loving your wife, I'm talking to you guys right now. The discovery process would be, what does it mean for me and my marriage to love my wife? That could be different from every person. The application is, what will I do about that? How will I practice what I've learned? So these small groups or discipleship groups provide action and accountability. Now, there are formal and informal components to these groups. So we talk formally in a group. But our groups are going to have what I call hallway conversations. We're going to catch each other on the the phone or texting or in the hallway of the church. There's a lot of what I call showing that happens. So if you're a disciple maker, people that you're discipling will be watching you. And I think this is important because we need to model the all aspects of discipleship. You know, every person, in my opinion, needs somebody that is a disciple maker to them. We need someone to learn from, a spiritual parent, if you will, a mentor, coach in our life. I believe also that every disciple needs someone to learn with. So someone that we're on the same plane doing the same things. But importantly, every person, every disciple needs to disciple someone else where they they are providing discipleship to another. So I want us to think about discipleship in a discipleship group being a lot about discussion, a lot about relationship, prioritizing that over lectures and content. So the idea of Jesus' call, as we're talking today about discipling others, the, the, the goal is that we would grow into disciple makers. So are we disciples or are we disciple makers? So disciples are the people that worship God. We pray, we read the Bible as disciples. We we share the hope of Christ with other people. This is what a disciple does as we follow Jesus. We we serve, we 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 model what it's like to be with Christ. We follow uh, alongside other believers, we're following Jesus. And all of this is, is what a disciple does. We practice spiritual disciplines. We grow in the faith. We seek the Lord. We find him. We pursue him. But disciple makers aren't just satisfied with being a disciple. We make disciples. We model the faith to others. We train other people in how to do these things. We don't just do them ourselves. That's the teaching part. We invest in others. That's a mentoring piece. So a disciple maker is not just about practicing their own discipleship. It's a necessary action. 
but we also have to support and encourage other people to be disciples. And the ultimate goal is every disciple maker would make (laughs) disciple making disciples. And so the idea is that church grows and people know Jesus. So what we do as a disciple maker is we provide accountability, we provide encouragement, we provide support. And part of our goal is to see the advancement of others rather than seeing the advancement of ourselves. One of the key things that we can do as we disciple others is to do ministry with the people we're discipling. So if you have an opportunity to go on a missions trip and your particular discipleship group is not part of that, somehow find a way to invite them and get them there because the idea is they can not only experience God at the same time as you, but they're watching how you experience God. And it provides this opportunity for you to continue to to train them in the ways of the Lord. But here's a way that we can do that right here at home. Maybe you're in a ministry at your church. Maybe you're a greeter. Well, you know what? You don't have to be a spiritual giant to help someone discover truth and align their life with it. It's just the support. It's a discovery. So the idea is, if you're a greeter at a church, have someone greet with you. Let them hear how you talk with people. Let them hear you pray for them after they go by. Let them see you serving others. Maybe you're helping uh, someone in your church, a widow in your church. You do some yard work for them, or you drop off a meal, or you pray for someone at church. The idea of making disciples is to use a showing model, not a telling model. Let people see you serve Christ with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Let people in to your life. And as you do that, they'll begin to do ministry that way. Give them feedback and learn together. So here's the, the, the last component I'll, I'll share because the goal is to be disciple-making disciple-makers. We want to make disciple-making disciples. So when you gather people on a one-on-one or in a group and they're part of your discipleship group, encourage them to start their own discipleship group. Walk with them as they disciple others. And they can experience what it's like to learn from you as you point them to Christ. They can experience pouring into others and point them to Christ, learning with other peers. This is the picture of being a disciple-making disciple. Hey, are you interested in learning how to do this a little more specifically? Do you want to grow in your faith? and Or maybe you're looking for some help or coaching in your spiritual life, maybe spiritual disciplines, or maybe you're looking for some coaching in your business endeavors or in your life. I want to encourage you to visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. You can take our free coaching readiness questionnaire, and we'll touch base with you and help you get started with a coaching opportunity. Listen, I would love to support you as your coach in your life, in your business, in your spiritual life. I love discipleship coaching. So please visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. You can follow this show and, of course, follow the Your Discipleship Coach podcast. I want to thank our sponsors today as you listen into Your Discipleship Coach. So thank you, Chicago Indian Church at chicagoindianchurch.com. Thank you, Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University, where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Just visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. Hey, thanks again for listening today. I just want to remind you that I am for you. 
and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? You've been listening to Your Discipleship Coach on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.